Welcome to Unity Lutheran Church. We're a one church, two campus ministry located in Brookfield, Wisconsin. This podcast comes to you from our pastors, John, Sherry, Muriel, and Jennifer. It's part of our Renew ministry that helps our congregation renew spiritually and in community. We're in a podcast series called Sins and Virtues. Together, we look at words that describe us and talk about their benefits and their challenges in our lives of faith. We explore how wonderfully God made us and gives us tremendous capacity for good. That's our virtue. And we explore our dark sides, our sinful ones, and the ways in which we are challenged with both. Thank you for joining us for our sixth week of the Sins and Virtues podcast. This week's topic is stubbornness. I'm Pastor Jennifer, your host, and joining us this week are Pastors John, Sherry, Muriel, and myself. Welcome, everybody. Hey. Hi, Jennifer. Hey there. So, stubbornness. Quite the conversation getting ready for today. Okay, let me just say, I, I again, I think all of the things that we've chosen are virtues. What is wrong with stubbornness, people? Some people have said that I am stubborn, and I, I don't understand how that could be a sinful trait. You <laughs> stubborn? No. If you are just very clear on what you should do and how to do it, and you do it, then what is wrong with that? <laughs> and do you have any Bible stories to back up your <laughs> belief in stubbornness as a virtue? Well, um, I think there's probably a few more about how stubbornness is not a virtue, especially when it leads us away from one another or away from God. But one, one positive example in the Bible is I always think of the story of Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi. Uh, after Naomi lost her husband and her two sons and, you know, was a widow, literally told her two daughter-in-laws, go back to your homeland, you know, have, have your families take care of you, I can't provide for you. Ruth was stubborn to say, no, I am, I am staying with you, your people will be my people. And, and, and maybe that's not so much a stubbornness as much a, a perseverance or a commitment on her part, but... I think it's a good example of it really is, in this case, how you understand the word. I mean, because part of that tradition is, is ours is a God of steadfast love. Why couldn't you just say stubborn love? So, I mean, it's just how everybody reacts to the word. Mm -hmm. That is a great example. I think the other reverse example, then, would be the defining story of the Hebrew scriptures is the Exodus and Pharaoh's stubbornness or hardness of heart at refusing to allow his mind to be changed by Moses. I mean, no one could be a worse example at some level than Pharaoh. On the other hand, no one could be a better example than Ruth. At some level, they're both stubborn. Well, the whole Old Testament is just a series of People are like, okay, we're going to follow God, we're in, we're doing this, and then hit a bump and go, nope, we're going to dig in our heels and go a different way, and then God stubbornly comes back and just won't give up on them. And if you repeat that cycle about 30 times, then you have the first five books of the Bible. Okay, pro tip for parents, if you, if you want to re-engage your kids who have given up on the Bible, Numbers 22, a great example here. <laughs> 
So it's a story of the, this. It's this obscure story of this guy named Balaam, who is supposed to be doing something that God told him to do, and he isn't doing it. But he's riding his donkey. But in the old translations of the Bible, it's always Balaam's ass that he's riding. How and, excited are you to be saying oh, that on I the just air love right this. now? And so you know, just read that to your like. 11-year-old kids who are, like, checking out on you, and this, it's this great story about Balaam's ass and how stubborn he is, and finally he turns around and figures out that he should, in fact, do God's thing. But Balaam, uh, not the donkey. Right, right, Balaam. <laughs> yeah. the, donkey, the donkey is, like, the wise the one all along. He's got it figured out, and the problem is Balaam doesn't have it figured out. Is he out. A, a wise ass? By uh, any oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Woo! We'll score out that one. Uh, so Steve Jobs, great hero of, of Apple, totally stubborn, dictatorial, uh, specifically said, don't give the customer what they want. You have to be ahead of where the customer is at. Uh, revered as this great business leader, on the other hand, hated by a ton of people, created a great business model, but maybe also, you know, a model that only works if you have tons of money. I, I don't know. Well, Jennifer had pointed out beforehand that this might be the only word of the words we've looked at in this series. Most words, even the word, was sometimes used in a negative connotation and sometimes used in a positive connotation. Stubbornness, I think, always has a negative connotation. But people, we're not the first ones to have this debate, as Sherry discovered when she put, <laughs> is stubbornness into, into Google. Google. What were the top results? So the top results on a Google search of the word stubbornness was, is it a sin? Don't check out those sites, by the way, because <laughs> they would be coming from a very literal viewpoint of the Bible. And uh, is stubbornness good? Is stubbornness a sign of intelligence? Is stubbornness an emotion? Is stubbornness hereditary? And is stubbornness a sign of dementia? So a really uh, broad uh, variety of topics. So in the case of Steve Jobs, it could be a sign of his intelligence where he's, he's just such on a clear path. But I, I think sometimes, too, it, it, might, it might get in the way of people's relationships. And so going back to the Bible examples, maybe that's just the, the classic example of does it become more something that looks like a perseverance or a commitment? Or does it kind of cross that line and it's all about yourself and your own ideas and beliefs and your own right way of thinking that all of a sudden it becomes more about you and less about an openness to others' ideas or ways or experience? Like with the example of Pharaoh and Ruth. Pharaoh was all all about himself and what served his purpose, mm -hmm. and Ruth was all about you know, what, what also served her mother-in-law. So is that how you would decide whether stubbornness is, is useful or not? Is, if, is it on behalf of yourself or on behalf of someone else? I mean, maybe oh. that's the question we ask ourselves, too. Like, why am I being stubborn in this instance? Is it because of some greater good, or... <sighs> Just being stubborn to be stubborn. I was just, because th the persistent widow is stubborn on behalf of herself. So this is a parable Jesus tells about. A widow who wants justice against her adversary and she goes to the judge and she keeps asking 
him um, to decide the case in her favor and he keeps refusing to take the case and she keeps coming back and she comes back and she comes back and finally the judge is like, well, I don't care what God thinks and I don't care what people thinks, but I'm going to do what this widow wants so she'll stop bugging me. And then Jesus says, you know, if a judge who doesn't care at all about anyone will still honor persistence with a good outcome, then how much more would God who cares about us so deeply. But that's, I mean, that's for her. You know, it, it is in the story, but, you know, at some level you have to wonder if she wasn't also doing it so that it could stop the future abuses and injustices from happening. For people like You know, it her. doesn't say mm -hmm. that in the story, but, um, you know, if you've been wronged in some way, you know, you, you want justice for yourself, but you also want to make sure that it doesn't happen again, too. Well, it is the... The widow, I mean, someone who would have been fairly powerless in that world. So it isn't the parable of the rich landowner who mm -hmm. persistently bothers the judge. Mm -hmm. I mean, which I know you know, but I mean, I, I think that's probably the distinction with that particular story. Someone who has no voice otherwise was exercising it. Yeah, I, I was thinking, you know, when we were talking before we recorded this, that like, it seems like the only thing that really angers Jesus in his ministry is the, the group legalism of the Pharisees, that, they, that the laws are more important than the people. And I just wonder if stubbornness, stubbornness is kind of this individual legalism that um, we get in these moments in life where our perspective or way of doing it is, is, in a sense, our law that we won't compromise, and then that becomes a negative what we believe, how we see things, how we do things will become the way. And we don't recognize that there could be, you know, a lot of different paths or ways or ways of doing things or seeing things. What was, do you have that Jeremiah 7:24? Yeah, so another little passage from uh, the prophetic book of Jeremiah is Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 4 that goes like this. This is, this is the prophet um, speaking from God, talking on behalf of the people about how God had you know, told them, you are my people, listen to me, listen to my word, and you will find, your, your life will be well. And you know, Jeremiah's words are, yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but in the stubbornness of their evil will, they walked in their own counsels, and looked backwards rather than forwards. The stubbornness of their own counsel. I, yeah, I think that's part of it because if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you have to be open to hearing from God. And the most common way that God speaks to us, which should be through the people around us. So while you could be consistent and persistent in your actions, if we don't have some kind of uh, willingness to hear something new, to have our mind changed, we'll, we'll just miss out. I mean, I think of times that God has kind of intervened in my life. It was never how I had expected it. That's like the one common trait is that it's completely different than what I was assuming would happen. So... Um, if there's some way to be consistent in your actions, but open in your thoughts, maybe that would 
be the right balance. I think it all struck us that the other part in there was looking backward. Uh, and you should always have a sense of history, and that's a big part of what being people of faith is. But I think in Scripture, there's kind of this wise insight that our lens tends to narrow when we look backwards. In other words, we pick and choose uh, history, and, and many times we stubbornly create a past that wasn't. Uh, it's harder to do that with the future because everybody has some ownership of, of the future and, and you can't control it at some level. Uh, I just kind of like, I was wondering too if, if Peter is inspiration in some sense of stubbornness in the positive in that he was just like all in all the time and he made all of these mistakes but he clearly was connected to Jesus and to the other disciples, clearly was was his path could be altered by the input he got, and, and that's what saves him in the end when he denies Jesus. He still knows that he's loved and welcomed back, and I, I think he's the rock maybe on which the church is built, not because he's so stable and unchanging, but because he's so out there and constantly in tune with what's flowing into him in a different, more possible future. So he's at some level very stubborn in being out there, but that's, that's life-giving. He's for sure all in, although his <laughs> what that looks like for him to be all in, he just keeps swinging and right, missing. But right. man, is he swinging for the fences every single time. Well, our own Lutheran heritage, one of Luther's great lines is sin boldly with the sense that it's better to do something and be wrong than to do nothing do or keep doing the same thing and have it keep being wrong. And I wonder if part of what we were talking about, I think Muriel, you mentioned that there's this pattern in the Old Testament over and over of, of the people are all in with God and then they fall away and then God comes back stubbornly to say no and, and then the, the course turns. And I wonder if there isn't a level of trust there in that when you look back, it's not about repeating the result so much as it is about remembering God's trustworthy, remembering our faithfulness to God. And as we walk that, then that's what's going to keep us connected. That's what's going to keep us in line with God, not repeating the event, the action, the result. For sure. You know, it's interesting, too. I think you need to, to look backward and, and remember all of the things that God has done for you. Um, but how easy it is for us to look back and remember things better than what they were. You know, like the people of Egypt, or after they like came out of Egypt and were wandering through um, the wilderness for those 40 years, they started to look back and say, why yeah. are we here? Why are we in the wilderness? Slavery, the good Slavery old days. Was so but at least better. we had food. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of with them on that one. So I wonder if that's what Jeremiah is talking about there too, that you know, sometimes they look backwards to see, you know, what they thought was better in the misery of what was and, and didn't look forward to the hope of what could be and what God keeps on putting in front of us. And, um, and, and maybe that's why God gets on our case about, you know, not straying from, from God's ways because when we try to determine our own futures through our own counsels and whatnot 
you know, we miss seeing that fuller picture that God sees of, you know, what it would look like if, if people worked together, if people came together, if, you know, people served together. You know, there, there's just a hope and a beauty in that that, um, you know, pulls us away from our narrowness and our stubbornness and then maybe makes us a, a, a more collective persistent people who are true to at least attempting to following God's ways, even though we might stray from time to time or fall off course. Boy, we could have done a whole podcast on memory, probably. It's actually come up in a few of them, which is, which is interesting. So it is a matter of semantics at some level, like what actually is stubbornness. Uh, so I think we're all in favor of persistence. I think we're all in favor of consistency. Commitment. Commitment. Those are good things. And stubbornness perhaps is at times a virtue if it coexists with a sense of connection to God and others. And like an openness to new ideas, a willingness to change, a uh, ability to be surprised. Yeah, I think that's true. People and let God curious. lose that, yeah. Thanks for joining Pastors John, Sherry, Muriel, and myself for our discussion on stubbornness in our Sins and Virtues podcast series. Hopefully some of the ideas you just heard will spark more conversation in your small groups, in your homes this week. We pray that this conversation helps you renew your faith in God and strengthen your relationships in your faith community.